Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, where a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and welcome to episode 301. Last week, we celebrated three years of the podcast and 300 episodes, and we did so with the lovely Holly Humberstone. If you haven't already, go back and check out that episode with Holly. It is a very special episode. But as they say, there is no rest for the wicked and we're immediately back to the grind with episode 301. And we're doing so with one of our favourite South Australian groups. It is Teenage Jones. The pop punk duo released their incredibly fun debut record last week titled The Rot That Grows Inside My Chest. It's their feature record on Triple J this week and it is such a brilliant record. Before we get to our conversation with Carly and Talia, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever app that you do use for your podcasts, and follow us across all of our social media channels. Details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guests today are Teenage Jones. They're a pop-punk duo from South Australia who some might know from taking out the Triple J Unearthed High Prize back in 2020 with their track Three Leaf Clover. When they took out the prize, it brought the band to the national spotlight and they did not waste a moment of it, continuing to release brilliant song after brilliant song, which resulted in the Taste of Me EP. Over the last three years, they've continued to tour the country as well, playing shows with bands like Sly Withers, Amy Shark and The Chats, But last week, they released their highly anticipated debut record, which is titled The Rot That Grows Inside My Chest. And it sees the joy evolve their songwriting once again to put out a debut record that any pop punk band anywhere in the world would be proud of. In today's episode, we're talking to both Carly and Talia from the band about finally making the debut record and working with producer Jay Nets on these new songs. We talk about the evolution of songwriting within the band and how these songs are a truer representation of what Teenage Jones are now. We also talk about trekking around the country next month in support of the record. The Rot That Grows Inside My Chest is out now and we've left links within the show notes on where you can buy the record or see them on tour. We also want to say a massive thank you to Janine from Dallas Does PR for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Teenage Jones. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Carly and Talia from Teenage Jones. Ladies, hello. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, I'm doing well. I don't know about Talia, but I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. I was thinking about jumping in the pool before because it's so hot in Adelaide today, but I'm doing well. 
it is very hot in Adelaide, not to exclude anyone else from the country. Um, I know the it's a, you're an Adelaide band, we're an Adelaide podcast. It's like in the mid-30s today, I think. Yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's way too hot that we've kind of just come out of this nice kind of winterish weather, a uh, spring weather, but um, now going into this. But I'm kind of excited. It is a very exciting time for you. The brand new debut album from Teenage Jones is out right now. The Rock That Grows Inside My Chest. Firstly, congratulations on this record. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I imagine that there's a lot of feelings that are kind of going on at the moment with yourself. I know that this has been a long time in the making. Um, how are you both respectively feeling with it being out in the world? Um, to be honest, it doesn't feel much different yet. I think it might hit us soon, but it's so weird because this process just took so long and it's been so many years in the making and it just kind of like feels a bit underwhelming, like not not <laughs> underwhelming, like the support we've received is amazing and like overwhelming, but like the, just it have all building up to this thing and then it's just out in the world. It's just like, oh, okay, that's it. Cool. <laughs> that's how it feels to me at least. Yeah, I'm obviously very excited, but also a bit nervous because I'm like, it's a bit, the album's a bit different to what we like have put out previously. So I'm like, Oh, what if no one likes it? But everyone's have, everyone's like loved the singles and we've got a lot of support so far. So hopefully everyone likes it. If not, that's okay. <laughs> if not, we like it. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, we thing. like it. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm sure that there is going to be no issues with people enjoying and loving this record. It is a stunning record. Um, we were very lucky enough to have a listen to it before it came out. So thank you for that. But um, it's clear from the get-go, from the opening track, Hospital Bed, that neither of you are mucking around. This is really Teenage Jones kicking it up to the next level. Yeah, thank you. I think we just like wanted to do something really dramatic and like new for us and yeah, we were at hospital bed with the intent of being like, we're not messing around. So it's good that it resonates. <laughs> Is it, I'd be curious to know with this album, did you kind of go into it knowing that the songs that you were writing was going to be for an album or was it just that as you kind of got further along that you were like, we've got a collection of songs that could be an album? Yeah, I think I think a few songs um, were kaleidoscopes when we first wrote it, it was, I think, like back in maybe 2019. When we wrote it, we're like, this is definitely going to be an album closer, 100%. But I think the other songs, we were like, I don't think we were, when we wrote them, we didn't think that we would, like, they weren't written for the album kind of thing. I don't know if that makes sense. But Kaleidoscope, yeah. we were like, that's we're definitely going to be the closer of the album. Yeah, we were just writing, to be honest. And there were a few, like, last puzzle pieces. I think the last puzzle pieces were, like, Yoke, Money, and... Uh, five Things? Five Things, yeah. Yeah. They were, like, the last three that we were, like, all right, we've got a bunch of songs that's, like, finish off this album. But nothing is really, like... Like, it re them thematically it resonates with each other, but nothing's really, like, sonically the exact same. Like, there's a song for everyone on there, which is cool, so... We kind of just put our, like, this is literally our whole discography. We have nothing else in the bank. So this is it. 
Look, I know that fans are going to be excited about that as well. They seem to be, there does seem to be a lot of um, online excitement about the record coming out, which I know that there's going to be so many people excited to hear this record and, um, and see you on tour next month, which I want to get to in a little bit as well. Um, it's interesting that you use the word thematically, Carly, just a second ago, because this record does seem to be dealing with, seems to be dealing with relationships, but it seems to also have like, a duality to it, which is really interesting where some of the songs and the things that you're singing about, you're looking at it from different perspectives, which is not always common in songwriting, but um, they're still very distinctively Teenage Jones. I'm curious for yourselves, having started the band, what, five, seven years ago? Five years ago, seven years ago. I'm getting my maths wrong. (laughs) I think it's... We started at the end of 2018. So what was that? Five. No, I think twenty two months. Nearly five years. That's crazy. That is a long time. <laughs> I'm curious for either of you whether you can see the evolution of your songwriting. And I guess looking at the songs that you've got now compared to the EP um previously and, and singles, like if you can see that growth and I guess the change within your own songwriting. I think we can. I would say we yeah, can. Definitely. Like yeah. I was saying this in an interview yesterday, actually. I was like, I think the best thing about this record for us is that obviously a a lot of our fans come from Three Leaf Clover, which was like the song that did really well for us. And as grateful as we are for that song, we're also very confident that we can be like, that's not a true representation of us anymore. And like, I think that's why we're so confident with this album, because we're like, we just know it's better. Like, even though people might like that song more, it might be more up their alley. We we are technically like music study studiers. That's not a word, but like we technically <laughs> study music. Like we listen to it every day. We find songs that we really resonate with, not just lyrically, but also like um, production wise and like just the groove of songs, you know, we really resonate with the songs that we like. So um, yeah, I th- I feel like we're confident that this is just better. Like we know it's a better, it's better writing. It's just like, you know, yeah. One hundred percent. You're um, you're scholars and purveyors of music. Is purveyors? That's right? smart. Yeah. That sounds smart. <laughs> but no one's no one's really grading us for it. Thank God. But <laughs> no. Nah. But um, yeah. I feel like we we know enough to know that like even though Three Leaf Clover and the old stuff's up some people's alleys, we just know that this is a better release. It definitely, the sound and sonics of the record, again, I don't even think better, but it's just you can tell that there's growth within the band and the songwriting that you've both achieved over the years. Um, I know that I think someone who had something to do with some of those previous songs has returned. I believe you might affectionately refer to them as J-Nets, but Jared Nettle... Yeah. As the producer of this record, Janets. Janets. Yeah, we love Janets. Yeah, that's his nickname for himself, by the way. But it's great. <laughs> We've adopted it. We love it. There's nothing like a self-given nickname to um definitely define how cool you are. Um, for Janets or for Jared, what was the experience like this second time round, uh, recording and producing with him? It was the best. It was amazing. Be yeah, we love we love working with him. We always like he. When we go into the studio, we feel like like we're home just because he makes the um, experience really comfortable. And he's also just really funny too. So that's yeah. always good. <laughs> it's like recording with him is like 50% him telling us to do a take again 
40% us bullying each other and 10% getting anything done, <laughs> in my opinion. As long as it's constructive bullying, I think that's okay. If you're getting results from it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> if you can dish it, you can take it. And we can all yeah. dish it and we can all take it. <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that. Um, I would be curious to know, out of this collection of songs, and I, and I want to get to, um, if I may be so bold, to ask about my favourite track in a little bit, but I'd love to know for both of you respectively, it's always really unfair to kind of ask, like, what's your favourite track of the record? Because it's like they're all kind of things that you've worked on and contributed to. Instead, I want to kind of position it differently. Is there a track that you're hoping resonates the most with your fans or with people when they are able to hear the record? Ooh, that is a great question. That's a good question. Um... (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I feel... Like I feel like a little silent weapon is Ruby Doomsday. I think that one's yes. like it, it's just a. I think I think it's a bit too. It was a bit too chaotic and too much to be a single. But I think everyone who's listened to it and has really listened so far has been like that one really stood out to me. I think that's like a little secret weapon. And the the people who get it get it. The people who don't, fair enough. There's other songs <laughs> for you, you know. But I think that's like the silent, like the dark horse, if you will. Would you agree with that, Talia? Definitely. I also think um, money, money, money. That's definitely very underrated. Out of we played, we played it on our um, we call it our big kid tour, which was last year, I think. And the crowd absolutely loved it. And it's like even like the lyrics and stuff, they can re- resonate differently for different people. So you can interpret it whatever way you like, which is what we really like to do with our music as well. And we've got we've got the Talia vocals on there, you know. We do. <laughs> I think um, just before we were talking, um, Talia, that I think we did have you on the podcast very early on uh, in the band's history, um, and I think for whatever reason we couldn't get Carly at that time, but we might have spoken in early 2021. And I think one of the artists we spoke about influencing your future songwriting was artists like Phoebe Bridges. And money, 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 I think kind of, I don't want to say it comes from that. I'm making that assumption, but it is a more kind of intimate or quiet um, yeah. track on the album. And I think that was really interesting to kind of come across as well, because it's definitely showcasing a different side of you both musically. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely see, we we both listen to like a lot of Boy Genius and Phoebe Bridges 
Um, and that's definitely shown through our songwriting and on the album, we wanted something to be a bit more like to chill kind of thing. Cause every, all the songs like, bam, bam, bam. We're like, maybe we'll just <laughs> chill it out for a bit. But, um, yeah, de- that Phoebe Bridges is definitely a big influence on that track too, I think. You know what? It gives me I know the end vibes because, like, the first True. half is really, like, slow and pretty and then it just gets crazy and she's, like, screaming and stuff. Yes. yes. That was a good point. Perfect, perfect analogy. I didn't even kind of piece that together, <laughs> but I think that it was a really beautiful moment of the record that I loved. The other one that I really loved and I'm... um. I don't think I'm oversharing, but even before getting a copy of the album, Candy Apple has been on repeat in my household. My wife and I have been listening <laughs> to that track quite a lot. Um, and so I loved when listening to the record, uh, You're Not the President, which kind of has little aspects of it that kind of continues over and then goes into its own song. Um, so I really loved that track as well. Can you talk us through, I guess, where You're Not the President came from and the inspiration behind that track? Ooh. Um, we, we actually, fun fact about that song, we wrote that song the day we, very first day we ever met Jared Nettle. And he, because it's funny because he sat in on a practice to sort of understand our vibe before we recorded the EP. Um, and he was just, it was, he's like a bit of a weird guy, but like in a good way, you know. In, in the he, best he way in, possible. Yeah, and he came in and he just sat down on the floor with his legs crossed like this and just, like, was watching us. And then it was like, cool, got what I need. And he, like, left and we were like, all right. And then, I don't know, we, yeah, fleshed that song out. But when it came to recording, he was like, I think this is my least favourite. And we were like, what? We wrote this the day we <laughs> met you. But then when we finished it, he was like, no, I actually really like this song now. But I think it's funny because it sounds political and I think you can take it that way but it was supposed to feel more like an angry side to the breakup song thing. Like, I think that's why it comes off the back of Candy Apple really well. When we were putting it together, we were like, these will work really well together because Candy Apple feels like the desperate, like last attempt of like, we had all this and you did that for what kind of thing. And then, um, you're not the presidents for like turning around and being like, actually, no, screw you. Like I've, I can do my own thing. Like you don't get to do that to people kind of thing which it's cool because they're actually in the same key which we didn't plan it just is like that and then so putting them next to each other we had that idea in the studio where they'd go into each other really well and it's like perfect sounds cool fits well I think in my opinion <laughs> well it, it was the the track that I kept coming back to when uh, once I had a copy of the record so I do agree with you I think it works perfectly true that's Amazing. so interesting because I feel like it was when we recorded the album, we were like, we feel like this is going to be one of the least favorites. So I'm glad that like it's a favorite for you because I think like it turned out really cool. Yeah. 100% agreed. Um, I am really curious to see how some of these songs are going to go live. I know that uh, you're taking the record around the country. I think it's next month across November and December or just November? Just November. Just November. Um, firstly, the the first thing I noticed, even when having a look at these dates, uh, these are some much bigger rooms. Teenage Jones are just definitely kicking goals in terms of these venue upgrades. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Bit scary, to be honest. No, w- why? I think it's more exciting. <laughs> There's more fans coming along. Yeah, that's true. true. Scary that in a good true. way. Yeah, good, good fear. 
excitement. Um, with that in mind, um, I guess, is there a song from the record that you're looking forward to debuting live that might have a different aspect to it than it does like on a recorded version? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I think we've already played five things live because um, it's been out for like, I don't know, few weeks but i am really excited to for people to know it and then like sing along during the shows just because when we first started playing it and it wasn't out people are really getting into it as much as we thought they would but hearing everyone like singing along and everything and it's just a really like uplifting song too especially in the bridge people i'm excited to hear people sing along in the bridge for sure that's awesome carly what about yourself i have a feeling that we've never actually played my dentist hates me live and I feel like it's gonna be oh, a vibe yeah. I think it's gonna be fun like it's just one of those that like, really cheesy like classic sing-alongs I feel like I think it'll go well and That's then the awesome. end when it builds up and gets all heavy I feel like that'll be fun <laughs> is it just yourselves on the road are you taking any other uh band members with you no just us just us just, just the two of us just the two of you. Yeah. I know there's um who have we got? Um oh my god, I'm having a mental blank. I know that there's a few support acts. I know one is another fellow South Australian, Alexia, who's going on tour with you. So shout outs to her. Um yes. and then who's I think is it Bella Amore who's also on tour with you? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. And then we've got Dulcie filling in for Bella in Perth, because Bella yeah. couldn't yeah. make that date. So she's doing her own cool stuff. So yeah, <laughs> that'll be fun too. That sounds like an absolute dream lineup just in itself. Do you guys, um, when it comes to the supports, do you guys have much input in, in who you're getting to come play with you? Do you guys kind of get to give a list of like, these are the bands we'd like to kind of play with? Yeah, we, we love playing with our friends as well, like on shows, but we, we have like lists and stuff that we give our booking agent. We're like, we want these people on our shows. If not, then <laughs> we're not going to settle for no as an answer. Yeah, yeah. We basically have all the input, and our poor booking agent has to like hustle really hard. But he's the best. So yeah. But um, yeah. We usually. I mean, Bella and Alexia were like our first choice. We tried to get an international support act, but it didn't really work out, which is fair. So for Australia, they were our first choice, and they said yes. And yeah, that was so fun. So we're so keen. That's awesome. Well, um, we will be heading along to your show at the Gov. So very excited for that. Very excited to see this album in its full glory. Um, I wanted to ask you both respectively, we usually we'd ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. Carly, I'll ask you first. Um, is there anything at the moment that's kind of on high rotation for yourself? Hold on. Let me get my Spotify out. Um, <laughs> what have I been listening to? You know what? I Actually, I've been listening to lots of um, Five Things of Summer's new album, Five Sauce Five. It's not actually that new anymore. I think it came out early this year, but I don't know. It's just we, we're huge fans of like early Five Sauce and they they kind of lost me in the middle a bit there, but I think this new album's just like brought me right back in. I feel like I'm 15 again listening to the <laughs> new album. That's high rotation for me at the moment. I think because... In the middle, there was some really, I could be very wrong, so please correct me. Was there some really poppy, almost electro tracks? And then they've gone back. Yeah, to that they've got, yeah, yeah, pretty. They went down like an almost like 
alt pop, like a darker pop side, and then they've mm. brought it back to like it's still got some of the early roots of the pop punk nature, but it's very like I don't know, it's like pretty. It's almost like uh, what do you call it? like coming of age kind of vibes a little bit oh, yeah. on the new album, which is cool. It's still so different from their early stuff, but I think it's a cool like maturing like wave that they've ridden. It's interesting to watch. That's cool. I think I might have to check that out after after an interview today and see, I guess, how the sound has progressed. Um, Talia, mm-hmm. what about yourself? What's on high rotation for you? Um, well, I've got two albums on high rotation. I've got Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually haven't really listened to her besides like her like pop like popular songs. But my friend was like, "Oh my god, you have to listen to this album!" And I put it on. I was like, "I'm obsessed with this album. This is so cool." It's just got like a lot of um. I know it's just like a lot, there's a lot of ear candy in that album as well that I love and there's like really fun melodies and stuff but I think my second one is um Why Would I Watch by Hot Mulligan that's a great album they're my favorite band so they're like a pop punk band from America I'm pretty sure um but yeah I love their music they're so sick they're really cool oh very solid choices I love that kind of um they all kind of sit in somewhat of a similar wheelhouse, but all very three de- uh, like very different artists. So I think fantastic choices. Um, Carly and Talia, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and congrats on The Rot That Grows Inside My Chest, debut album from Teenage Jones. It is out right now. But yes, thank you again for coming onto the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.